Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Galit Speaks podcast. I am super excited to be here today. Uh, Unfortunately, our scheduled guest could not make it, but I decided that this was the perfect opportunity to talk about something that I haven't been talking about um, or that I've really very rarely spoken about in in public i think i've mentioned it in passing or you know maybe on some other podcasts that i was trying but never really got to fully express what's going on with me so i'm going to be talking today about uh, my fertility journey and it's been hi hannah happy you could be here. So it's been a kind of a strange journey. Um, I might have mentioned, but uh, right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, I got COVID, you know, the original full-blown COVID. I had it for three weeks and it left me with uh, some issues. I had long COVID. I developed a heart condition called POTS, um, which forced me to go on um, different medications. One of them was progesterone, which if you know or you don't know, that's a a sex hormone. And um, it sometimes birth control can be made out of progesterone. Uh, It had some huge effects on my body. Uh, I gained a significant amount of weight, which for me was super difficult because I had spent so much time uh, really working on myself and working out. And I had finally gotten down to my ideal weight. I had lost 86 pounds and I, I was really, really, you know, strong and then everything kind of hit me all at once and my health you know shifted and had to you know the way that I looked had to take a back seat and I had to really focus on getting my body back to some semblance of normal so that I could you know, live and work and and support myself and and be the person that you know me to be. Um, So one of the effects that we believe that COVID may have had is a, a very serious imbalance of my sex hormones, which uh, I did not find out about until my um, my now husband and I started trying to conceive. Uh, we, we started almost two years ago now trying. Um, 
at first it was just kind of like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not on birth control anymore because, because of the heart condition and the doctors put me on some new, you know, some progesterone, which might actually, you know, we thought might help me conceive. And, and so we said, you know what, let's start trying now because I am, I am older. I'm, you know, uh, I'm 35. So geriatric pregnancy is uh, what they would call it. If I got pregnant now, um, kind of feel strange because I feel super young. Um, but we started trying and at first, you know, it was, let's just stop to get pregnant. And then it became, let's start trying to get pregnant. Uh, we started really seriously. Um, you know, the first six months were kind of like, let's just do this naturally. The, you know, follow the apps and when they say to have sex and let's try to, to just conceive naturally. And um, when that didn't work, uh, after, after we got married, we said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to really, really try now. And I got the, there's these like strips, ovulation test strips that you can pee on and, and, and check to see if you're ovulating and try to time intercourse around it. Um, so we tried all of, we, we started with that. Um, I started taking tons of supplements. I've been on a prenatal vitamin now for probably a year and a half in total. Um, I started adding more and more things. Uh, take, I'm taking maca, um, DHA, a prenatal DHA, omega-3, uh, every, you know, vitamin D, every vitamin that we could think of. I started making myself what, what I called fertility drinks, which, um, which is, uh, organic watermelon juice, organic ginger juice, and, um, organic beet juice and I'd mix them all and drink it down. Um, I started, you know, asking my gynecologist, what's wrong? Can we do testing? Um, and, and that, that was about a year ago when we started doing, you know, the serious testing, uh, talking to people, talking to my gynecologist, starting to try to figure out like, what's wrong? Why, why is this not happening? Um, and so with my gynecologist has been a really, a very weird ride. I am, I can say that I'm really not happy with the way that that office treated me and my journey. Um, they were not helpful at all. Um, they did send me out to do testing, which I appreciate because that has helped me now. Um, they had me do a bunch of testing. They didn't actually see anything particularly wrong. Um, I, I had a surgery to remove a polyp, which they thought wouldn't prevent 
pregnant, but it would possibly cause miscarriages, um, which, so I got that done. I did all these really invasive, painful tests, um, including one where they in basically put a balloon it past your cervix and uh, inject dye into your tubes to make sure that they're clear and everything came back perfectly fine. My husband did sperm analysis and that came back fine and, and we were just stuck. And um, so my gynecologist suggested this fertility drug called Clomid. Um, another thing with Clomid is when you're taking it and you're taking it under, um, under a doctor, they, on a certain day of your cycle, you have to have a sonogram and you need to check, you know, how the follicles are developing, how the eggs are going. Um, and they never had an appointment for me. So more than six months in a row, the Clomid sat in my house and I waited month after month calling them. I had to call them on the day one of my cycle, um, calling them on day one, them telling me they didn't have an appointment for my sonogram and that I would have to wait another month. Um, actually went to their office and spoke to the uh, coordinator, the, you know, the coordinator who does, who schedules the sonograms and stuff like that. And I cried in her office for probably an hour. Um, because by that point, you know, it's been over a year. We have been trying every single month. I am devastated when I get my period. Um, so I'm crying in this office from the surgical coordinator. She's telling me all the right things telling me that no problem. She's so sorry that this is happening. She promises that for the next two months, she will save me a spot on the specific days in my cycle. I call that I, I say, cool. All right. I'll wait. I wait. And the next month it happens again. And I ask what happened to the spot that you promised me you saved me. And she says, Oh, my, uh, my manager went above my head and gave it to somebody else. They were a priority. And that really hurt, right? Because I did all the right things. I've been waiting for months. You've, you've promised me this spot. Um, you said I was a priority. And now someone else came in and, and you gave them the spot. And, and I'm not the priority. And then she tells me, something that was even more hurtful. Um, she said, you work and travel too much. And if you want to have a baby, you can't do that. You have to be at our beck and call and it has to be according to our schedule and you can't have travels. You can't go, you know, you can't travel for work. You can't you know, have a normal work day, you have to be according to our schedule. And that made me feel really horrible. Like, 
she was telling me that because of my schedule, I wasn't fit to be a mother and I didn't deserve the same kind of treatment that the other patients were getting. Um, so I decided again, like, hey, I'm going to start, you know, what else can I do? I researched more supplements. I started to do acupuncture every week. So fertility acupuncture every week. And, and that, that was actually really, really super beneficial, even though I did not, it did not ultimately um, help me conceive yet. Uh, but it is supposed to help with egg quality. And it is also, it has also actually helped tremendously with um, my menstrual cycle and cramps. Um, so I've always been super regular um, as far as my menstrual cycle, other than the two times that I had COVID, uh, where everything was kind of thrown out of whack and all of my cycles were off. Um, otherwise, it's, you know, I'm super regular, but what I have had my entire life is really, really, really painful periods and, you know, very heavy eight days, super, super painful. Um, and I found out that, so what, through some of the testing that was done at the gynecologist, I actually found out that I have um, something that is not not necessarily super rare, um, but it is rare and you don't necessarily hear about it a lot. And it's called ideno or adenomyosis, which is, so a lot of people heard of endometriosis where um, that is when your the tissue from your uterine lining goes to other parts of your body and that is super painful. Um, adenomyosis is when the the blood and the tissue actually goes into the muscle of your uh, uterus and it is super painful. Um, but technically it, it stays in the right place, uh, of the body. It doesn't travel to other parts of the body, but it is somewhere where it's not supposed to be. And so when you're having cramps, you, you're literally cramping with like blood and tissue in between. And so it's extra painful. Um, so the acupuncture, the fertility acupuncture actually helped with the the pain of my periods and the cramps are super manageable now and and they are way less and and it's almost like when my period came it was like oh like this is what it should have been the whole time like this is like barely you know this is manageable this i can go uh, about my day normally um which wasn't necessarily the case. Like before the first two days of my period, I would be, you know, just forcing myself uh, through the day and, and, and doing breathing exercises to like keep me going. And um, it, it wasn't, wasn't a great experience. And then 
on top of that to also have this pain, emotional pain around each cycle, because every time you get your period, not only do you have cramps, but you're reminded that yet again, you are not pregnant and you're no closer to getting pregnant or even finding out what the hell is happening and why it's not working. Um, And it's also painful seeing people around me get pregnant and, and that me being so incredibly happy for them, but also so incredibly sad that it wasn't happening to me. Um, And going through in my mind, like maybe I waited too long. Maybe I don't have any eggs left. Maybe, you know, maybe my dream of being a mother won't happen. And thinking about other, you know, other kinds of ways to have a baby, um, you know, adoption or fostering and, and knowing that because of me working for myself um, and not having a W in two income, adoption is kind of a difficult process in the United States when everything is perfect. And, you know, having gone through COVID and, and a heart condition and And like, I just felt like it was going to be super difficult to to be able to even qualify for adoption, much less have it be like a really, a really lengthy and um, emotionally draining and financially draining process um, because you're talking about lawyers, you're talking about adoption agencies, you're talking about so many things and and thinking about like, do I I try a fertility clinic? Um, And when you're thinking about that, like I, again, I'm self-employed and unfortunately in the United States, no self-employed insurance in my state gives fertility benefits, like zero. So everything is out of pocket for me. Like my acupuncture has been out of pocket. All my supplements have been out of pocket. The majority of the tests have been out of pocket. And and you know how it is in the United States for testing. We're talking about out of pocket means like, here's $500, here's another $600, here's 200, 400, 300. I've been working with a naturopath for three years. All of that is out of pocket. Um, or I've been working with the naturopath since my, uh, my heart condition was diagnosed. So I would say that's probably a little over two years. Um, so all of those things are completely, you know, out of pocket for me. And, and, and it's scary to think about the, you know, wanting this so bad, and then also being financially responsible and understanding that having a kid in and of itself is, is a, is a huge financial burden. But when you add what it takes 
to have a kid going through fertility treatments, you're adding a whole financial burden in front of the actual burden. And, and if you've been following my Money Mondays, then you know um, I've been saving for a child. I've been saving for their future. I started a 529 plan um, a while ago now and started putting money, investing money away in it for a college fund for, you know, my child's education. And um, this is just, this is a whole other expense that I, I was thinking, you know, my family, we've got, my mother had six kids. All of those kids have kids, uh, except for me at this point. And some of them have like five. One of them has five. Others have three. Um, there's only one other one that has one. Um, and so, you know, I assumed I come from a fertile family. I'm going to be hella fertile. And it's going to be, you know, I, I thought like, yeah, with my age, maybe it'll be a little bit harder, but um, but I should be able to do it. I, I want to just uh, go to the comments for a second because I saw Hannah wrote some stuff. Uh, Hannah says, I'm in the same boat. You're not alone. And uh, <laughs> she did free stuff back when that was feasible she calls it hannah's canadian navy which uh <laughs> is a bunch of semen on ice <laughs> i love it i love your puns hannah thank you so much um yeah so i did i did not do that and i you know and i i wonder if i should have years ago when i was like you know, I'm not ready to have kids right now, but I, I want them someday. And maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have froze some eggs. Maybe I should have done that. And it was really hard, you know, feeling like I had, I wanted to punish myself for not doing the things and then know that it was too late now to do the things. Um, so it, it's, it's turmoil, right? It's this weird journey where nothing is certain and every month you try again and every month you get your hopes up. And if my period was even a few days late, I was taking like three pregnancy tests and, and my hopes were getting up and, and each month when it's not pregnant, it, it's, it's crushing. Like I have cried more in the last year and a half um, than probably my entire life. Uh, and it's just been a process that's also super lonely. Um, I've recently joined a bunch of support groups on Facebook, um, but everyone is going through their own journey and it's so completely different that it's, you know, it's nice to, to have that, but these are also people I don't necessarily know. And the people that I do know, um, there have been a few that I shared with and a few that were, that are also went through or are currently going through 
uh, fertility journey, and that that has helped immensely. Um, just just having someone to like bounce ideas off of, to get advice from, to to keep my spirits up when they go super low, um, it's invaluable. So the support groups have helped. Uh, there are a bunch of them on Facebook. So if you're going through your own fertility journey, I'd recommend looking up, um, looking one up. The latest in my journey. So I've talked about, you know, acupuncture and everything, and I'm still, I'm still doing that, and I'm still doing all of my supplements. And still, I worked with a nutritionist and really tried to get my nutrition to the point where it really where it needed to be um, in order to get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy um, working on getting super fit again um, starting to you know I've been walking five miles a day uh, I started about two or three weeks ago um, at first, just walking two to three miles a day. I'm up to five miles a day now. Um, have been doing that uh, pretty consistent, pretty consistently for over a week now. Um, probably almost, almost two weeks, um, which I feel super strong and and good. But this is I decided to bite the bullet and go to a fertility clinic. My acupuncturist recommended a couple of fertility clinics. Um, I picked one that um, sounded the best, had the best reviews, you know, sounded like the doctor was someone that I, that speaks my language. Um, and I went and um, I have a plan. And uh, so well, what's crazy is like, it felt like nature was against me completely because the day that I, the day that I went to see the fertility doctor. So first of all, here's what's going on. He found out that I have a hormonal imbalance that actually prevents ovulation. So this entire time that I have been trying, I could not have gotten pregnant because my body simply is not releasing the eggs. Um, I found out uh, that he does speak my language, which is the language of numbers. He told me statistically, um, good news, I have room for twins, <laughs> which is kind of like a weird thing to hear of like, you know, your, your womb, your uterus, like being like an apartment for people, um, but I have room for two. Um, I also found out that I am actually, the way that the eggs are set up in my ovaries, I have a greater chance of twins or multiples, um, which in and of itself is a little scary. Um, you know, I had always thought of one and one only. Um, having two is... Uh, is a challenge. Having three sounds impossible um, or more, right? Um, and, and I'll explain to you why I'm saying that. Um, but uh, I, I found out that I have almost six years worth of eggs left. 
So good eggs, right? Um, so that feels, I feel a lot of relief when it comes to that, that, you know, there's still time and I, I haven't quite yet run out of time, um, which is, you know, and there's so many levels to this, the feeling like I ran out of time or I missed my chance. And uh, maybe I'll share those stories with you a different day. Um, but so uh, that, why I'm saying that it feels like nature was against me because that day I left with a plan and um, to start Famara, which is another fertility medication also called letrozole. Um, and I was like, I was on day 19 of my cycle and I was supposed to in nine days be able to start the, the fertility process and take the medication. Um, to start the cycle to take the medication. And that night, I was, uh, I had a booth at an event and I was vending outside. And out of nowhere, never even saw it, a bee stung me. And I have never, I had never been stung by a bee before. And that is how I found out that I am allergic to bees um to be venom and it threw my body for another loop and uh i had a pretty severe allergic reaction thankfully it is not anaphylactic so i don't need an EpiPen. um but my it stuck stung me on my finger and it swelled up and uh took uh, a good week and a half possibly two weeks to actually leave, you know, to go back to normal. Um, it was very scary. And it also delayed my period by it delayed my cycle for an additional, I think I was 10 days late. Um, so that was another 10 days where like, I finally have this plan. I'm finally, you know, gonna gonna start trying with like a doctor who knows what they're talking about and and then I'm stuck waiting again and after being pushed off month after month after month after month with my gynecologist it was just so exasperating and I felt like I was just going to break down and like I couldn't continue and I couldn't keep going um, and it got super dark for me. Um, I, you know, I, I was starting to give up and, um, I finally allowed myself to just break down and cry. And just the next day, I guess all of that pent up emotion, it was, it was even delaying my period longer. And the next day I got my period. Um, and I will say I have started the Femara. I've started the Letrozole. I started that. Um, I did five days of that. This is my first cycle with the fertility clinic. Um, we are in the least aggressive approach right now, um, because of the, <laughs> 
the fear of multiples and the fact that I, it seems like that's what my body is, you know, with anything stronger, there's a, uh, my my chance of multiples pretty much goes up kind of exponentially um with uh what I'm doing right now I think it's like 18% chance and uh if I do the next step up it's that that goes up to like a 38% chance of multiples um uh if I do IVF we're talking uh, a 96% chance of conceiving and possibly conceiving multiples. Um, so we decided to go uh, with the, the lowest form. Um, so I am currently doing that. Um, and that is, you know, the, this, uh, these pills. And then I had to give myself a shot called a uh, Ovidril, which is a a trigger shot and that is supposed to trigger ovulation so i've done that already um and also every night i have to um for lack of a better word like inject but it's not actually in the skin it's uh i have to insert um progesterone cream into down there um so that's been like a weird kind of thing. And, and then after the, after I did the shot, there was certain times when my husband and I needed to have intercourse. Um, so I, I've been warned already that it is super, super incredibly rare to um, get pregnant on the first try with this method. Um, I won't know for another few weeks if, if it worked or not, I can't test, um, for a while because, uh, the injection that I, that I had to give myself, which that was like a, a whole other thing, right? It, it honestly was not that bad. Um, I was hoping that you know, my husband would give it to me, but he saw the needle and immediately was like, nope, can't do it, had to turn away. Um, so I ended up giving it to myself and with all the anxiety built up around it, um, I did the injection and then immediately started crying afterwards, just like all this like relief and just I, it, all this pent up emotion just kind of came out. Um, cause it's hard to like stick yourself with a needle and then like push the, push the stuff in. And, um, I did it and it wasn't that bad. And, uh, so I've done that, but that injection actually contains, um, the hormone that pregnancy tests test for. So I have to wait until it's completely out of my bloodstream to see, or and completely out of my urine to, to be able to take a pregnancy test and see if it worked this month. Um, I'm hopeful, but also not trying to get my hopes up because I know, I understand mentally how rare 
it is to actually work on that first cycle. Um, and so I'm in like a weird waiting period yet again of, I hope it worked. I did all the things that I could possibly do. Um, and now we wait. Uh, and oh, so what I didn't tell you is like, what's, what's also scary about this cycle is, um, so I had, in order to tell me when to do the injection, um, I had to have a sonogram. And when I had my sonogram, I had, uh, so basically the, the medicine is to stimulate multiple follicles to release an egg. Um, and when I had my sonogram, I had three mature follicles and four more follicles that would be mature by injection. So this cycle, I released seven eggs, um, which is so freaky um, because I, I could, one of them could be fertilized, two of them could be fertilized, none of them could be fertilized, or seven of them could be fertilized. And it is um, kind of a, a total mind F, right? Like, I have no, no idea what I'm in for. Um, and I want it to work and I want it to work really well, but I don't want it to work too well. And so it's, I've been doing also all these meditations and, and visualizing and I'm, and, and really kind of trying to get my body to, to listen to what it is that I want. And, and I'm hoping beyond hopes that it's, that it works this round. Um, and that it's just one egg that gets fertilized. Um, I could, again, I could deal with twins anything more than that, especially seven, it seems like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what the, what I could possibly do, how I could deal with that. Um, and, and that's not even safe for me, right? I have space for two. Um, anything above that could be really dangerous. Um, you know, anything above, I had say three, probably be pretty dangerous for me. Um, and so there's all these other thoughts of like, if that happens, like, do I have to do a reduction? Which, how do you decide? Like, how, how does it, you know, how could I, how could I decide to, to reduce the number of eggs inside me? Like, you know, the, the, the embryos, it, it's especially after like I've waited and I've tried for so long. So yeah, I'm just really hoping. Um, and in the in the words of like the support groups, I'm I'm wishing baby dust on me on myself and and hoping that this is the cycle that it works. Um, if it doesn't work this time, I am going to IUI. I'm going to start IUI next cycle, 
which um, that is, so the same thing, I'm going to take the pills, I'm going to have a trigger shot. Um, the only difference is that I will be going to the clinic and they will be taking my husband's sperm and washing it and then inserting it exactly where it needs to be in order to fertilize the egg. Um, which, uh, you know, this cycle was because I have no fertility benefits. So it was pretty, you know, it wasn't cheap. Um, I think uh, I did it very economically. I got, um, you know, I used good RX for the, the pills, which the pills um, only ended up coming out to about like $6 uh, at Costco. Um, and then I shopped in different, uh, other different pharmacies, um, for the, the progesterone cream and the trigger shot. And, uh, those came out to about like, uh, $240. And then my sonogram was $300 at my fertility clinic. Thankfully they, uh, they've been really good and um, are really good about only charging the absolute minimum that they have um, and really helped me locate different pharmacies that would, you know, give me the cheapest deals on the medications and still the same quality product. Um, so I'm really grateful to them. Uh, so that was this cycle and IUI will be because there's a, another, there are other procedures involved um, that is going to be more expensive. And um, if that doesn't work, we have to decide whether to continue doing IUI with multiple trigger shots with, uh, you know, I could do three trigger shots with, uh, which increases my chance of multiples by uh, 38%, I believe he said. Um, or, or we can go straight to IVF and I don't know if you've heard about IVF, but a lot of people estimate that it's uh, about 30, $30,000 per cycle. So I'm hoping that I don't have to go that route, but I'm also kind of balancing it out, whether I continue to try IUIs or um, I go straight to IVF, being that that is the most, uh, the biggest chance for it, for me to actually conceive like that, that is the almost guaranteed like 96% that I will conceive with IVF. Um, and that also might give me a chance to like freeze some eggs as well, if I want to do it again. Um, but I, I, I could, I could, you know, freeze the eggs now and uh, not have to go through this whole process again in a couple of years if I decide that I do want to have a ch another child. Um, I'm going to go back to the comments because I see uh, Hannah is, commented a few more things. Um, she said it worries her at 38. Um, that even if she can't get pregnant in the first place, the person with a uterus, she hopefully one day meets, 
may have passed that window themselves. Yeah, it's super scary. Um, like you might find somebody with a uterus that wants to have a baby with you, but they might not be able to do it anymore. And um, I want to tell you, Hannah, that um, my sister did IVF in her 40s. She was the only other one that uh, hadn't had a baby and she thought she wasn't going to have one. Um, and then in her 40s, she decided to do IVF and she succeeded um, in her mid 40s and um, has a beautiful, healthy baby. So it is possible, you know, for a while. Um, I would say get uh, insurance that covers that because um, her insurance covered it. When uh, I started having my fertility issues, a lot of stuff came out of the woodwork that my family was not necessarily as fertile as I thought. Um, and that's their story to share. But, you know, there was IVF, there was miscarriages, there, there were things that I, that nobody talked about um, or nobody told me about until I was already going through this myself. Um, yeah, so it, it's still possible. Um, one of the things I did find out is that, and I considered it, um, is that Starbucks, if you work for Starbucks proper, then you can get fertility benefits. And a lot of people going through fertility treatments actually get part-time jobs at Starbucks or full-time jobs at Starbucks. And they stay there until they get pregnant. Um, and that's like a possibility, right? You you can do that and be able to, to have a company, you know, have a, a health insurance that pays for fertility benefits. Um, I was also recently in Israel um, and found out that if I moved back to Israel, which is something that I'm thinking, you know, is a possibility sometime down the line. And, and maybe I should think about it more seriously if I do have to do IVF. The health insurance in Israel, the basic health insurance, the, the health insurance that everybody gets and I would qualify for as a citizen um, has... IVF included, all of the treatments are included. And uh, so, you know, there, there's another option. Um, so the next thing that Hannah said is cross the reduction question when you get there. Frankly speaking, if you have multiple embryos start up, a, a few will reduce themselves. And in the off chance, you really need to do something. Just remember you are helping the other embryos thrive just as much as protecting your own life. You will have lots of support. Thank you, Hannah. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's something that I'm trying not to think about. It's something that um, you know I'm trying to not even get my hopes up to to believe that I will get pregnant this cycle, um, just because it is so hard when I don't get pregnant. It throws me off. Um, I'm already hormonal because I got my period, but it's just a whole other level that's been so difficult to even talk about. And, um, and it's really kind of, 
in a way made me hide. Um, it's made me seriously hide uh, in a lot of parts of my life just because I was going through this thing that I felt like no one around me could really understand. Um, especially having the people around me that like got pregnant by mistake and, you know, were saying things like, oh, you'll get pregnant. It's so easy. Um, you know, just, uh, get drunk and have sex and it'll, it'll happen for you. And, and it wasn't happening, you know? And, um, I think it's super hard for people to understand that. And especially when you spend life making sure that you didn't get pregnant, um, and making sure that you weren't going to get pregnant and like being told, oh, it's so easy. You could have sex once and get pregnant and then, you know, be trying, trying, trying for over a year and a half and it not happening. And you start to feel like there's something wrong with you and you're ruined and your body is, is not good. And that paired with like all of the other things that had gone on, you know, the weight gain, the heart condition and, and just not feeling healthy or like myself. And it just all compounded one on top of each other and has just made for like a really, a really hard journey that made me just want to close in on myself and, and like protect myself from the outside world and show up less and less and less. Um, so I, I'm taking a stand right now to distance myself from that and to come out and to be open about my journey and to talk about it and be able to share the shitty things that happen and also the awesome things that happen and, and let people know that they're not alone. And um, because I think that's the hardest thing that everybody it's so personal and it's hurt so much that we just try to hide it. And, and I didn't know, I only knew really one person in my life when I, when, when it started to be really, really real for me, like after a year of trying, I only knew one person in my life that had actually gone through a hard fertility journey and I reached out to them. Um, but since then I found out that I know more and, um, and I think I would have felt less alone and it may have hurt less if I had known that there were more people out there in my life that could relate. Um, Hannah said, taking on Israeli citizenship is a very serious consideration for her for precisely that. Um, and general love of the place. Uh, it even supports surrogacy now for non-cis and straight couples too. Um, it was an interesting que question. Um, whether her trans male ex and her, if they had gotten to that relationship point, would have likely have passed through the powers that regulate the process, even under the old limitations. Um, she desperately wanted to be that test case, though 
it probably has happened before. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that it works out for you, Hannah. I remember that we, when I first met you, we had a conversation about this. Um, and that was before, you know, I even started my, my journey. Um, and we were just kind of talking about what happens in your case. Um, and that, that you had a frozen sperm um, in order to, to have a biological child one day. So I, I'm here to support you when you go through that journey. And if you're, if you want to talk now, please feel free to call me. You know, my door is always open. You know that there's a place in my house here. I've got an extra bedroom for you. If you want to come visit in Arizona, um, I love you and I support you and anyone that's going through this journey and doesn't want to do it alone. I mean, I, I love you all and I support you all and, and I'm here. So you can reach out to me on um, Instagram, Galit Speaks or financial underscore Chartress. You can email me, you can call me, you can, it, whatever you want to do. If you need to talk to me, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need to know to the specific groups that I'm in, the specific support groups, um, when I started to share my story, the response, because um, I've shared it super briefly, like in my Instagram stories, um, when when major letdowns happen and I was crying and couldn't couldn't control myself, I I I shared little bits and pieces of my story and the outpouring of love and support. Um, is what has kept me going until this point. So if I could be that love and support for you, for someone else that is going on this journey, I would love to be. Um, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how, you know, how it goes from here. And then I wish myself luck on my first cycle and anybody else who's going through it, I wish you luck on your cycles. Um, and hopefully in, in a few months, I will have good news and, and there can be another podcast episode about maybe the joy that I'm feeling as a pregnant person in a couple of months. And, and I think that's the best outcome that I can hope for myself. So uh, with that, we're, we're coming up on an hour. So I, I'm going to end it here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, please continue to share. If you are in my Facebook group, please share. Um, if you're watching this on my Facebook page or, or YouTube or um, LinkedIn or anywhere else, um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, please, please reach out. Um, like, subscribe, do all of the things. Um, share this video with someone that you think needs to hear it. Uh, I know you guys are out there. Um, and if you don't want to say your own story. I'm happy to share it for you. If you want to come on the podcast and talk about your story, 
I would love to have you. Um, just reach out to me. Have uh, an amazing evening, everyone, and um, tune in on Monday for another for an episode of Money Monday Live, and next Wednesday for another episode of this podcast, Galit Speaks, and uh, I will see you then. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone.